Grace to you and peace from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The text for this morning's message is from the Gospel reading from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And Peter answered and said to him, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Seems like an appropriate response, right? You're standing on a mountaintop with your Lord, your teacher, the Messiah of Israel. And he has brought you there for the special purpose of seeing him conversing with Moses and Elijah, representative of the law and prophets of the Old Testament Jews. And having witnessed that great convocation of Jesus and Moses and Elijah, you're overwhelmed with fear. And you think, what shall I say? And your response is, hey, hey, I got an idea, Jesus. Let's put up some tents here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll we'll stay here forever. We'll be in this commune on this mountaintop, and we can bathe in the glory of you and Moses. No, no. You're not getting my point, Lord. I, I, what I want is I want the best for you. But is that what Jesus wants? Is that what Jesus wants for you and for me? Mm, partly. In this tent, in this tabernacle, in this sanctuary, we gather together that we might hear his word, that we might commune with him. But is that all? If Peter had built those three tents on the mountainside, and by the way, I'll talk about the the reason three tents would have been the wrong, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But if he had built those tents on that mountaintop, where would those disciples have remained? Right there, right? How would anyone else have heard about what Jesus was doing? How would Jesus have been crucified on the cross and paid for the sins of the whole world? How would Jesus have been resurrected, thereby signaling that we would not remain dead, but that we would live eternally. It seemed like a good idea to Peter at the time, but it was seriously flawed. Let me look at the second flaw in that theory. Why three tents? If you build a tent to Jesus, is not Moses and Elijah in that tent with him? For is not Jesus come to fulfill what Moses and the prophets wrote about? Do not Moses and all of the prophets point forward to that coming of the Messiah? And therefore, they don't want a separate tent. They want to be in the presence of Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, the Son of God. A 
Okay, so let, let's change Peter. Maybe, maybe if he said, Lord, let's build a, t- a big tent here for you and Moses and Elijah, and, and we'll all worship there. We still got the problem. We haven't metamorphosed, have we? Remember I said that the, tran- the word transfiguration in the Greek is metamorphosis. Yes, read Franz Kafka sometimes, metamorphosis about a boy turning into a bug. Or maybe it's a boy who thought he was a bug. I got so confused in, in reading that story. I had to read it in high school, and it's kind of like, this is weird. What's the change in us? Well, let me put it this way. What's the change in us if all we do is come here and commune with Christ? If all we do is reside in the boundaries of this sanctuary? Okay, we'll expand it a little bit. We don't want to get too crowded here, you know, public distancing and all of that. So we'll take it to our homes, and we sit in our homes, and we commune with Jesus as we read his word. Have we fulfilled his, his wish and his desire? Have we gone into that metamorphosis that he would have us become? Paul says in 2 Corinthians, uh, this is the end of the uh, epistle reading. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For the Lord who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul's talking about the fact that what he proclaims is Jesus. Because God has put Jesus into his heart. That's the transformation, the transfiguration, the metamorphosis that needs to take place in each and every one of us. As we read God's holy word, as we come here to celebrate with one another that loving God who sent his son to die for us. As we come here today to be recharged and refilled for the week ahead. And on those weeks that we have communion to receive that true spiritual food that God provides for his children to carry them where they need to go. To give them food for the journey. For the journey is too much for them alone. The transfiguration that needs to happen to us is that once that word has sunk in, it changes us. How do we do that? The last verse of the gospel reading. Suddenly when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. I was talking to the children about Valentine's. I I get a real sense for what the the whole Valentine thing in schools is. You know, you just, you put valentines in people's boxes and they put valentines in your box and and you take them home and the valentines meet exactly what the paper is printed on is worth and that's nothing, right? Did, Did the kids really mean it? No. I think sometimes when we look at God's word, when we read that word, it doesn't change us the way it ought to. And how do we do that? We need to realize that this word of God, this word of Jesus, 
because that's really the summary of the Bible, isn't it? God's love for mankind, and that God's love for mankind is Jesus. John 3.16, the summary verse of the Bible talks about God giving his son for you and for me. The ultimate valentine with the deepest meaning. And when we're faced with trials and troubles, that metamorphosis in our heart needs to change how we respond. Take the veil off and show that love of God that dwells within us so that others might see. You see, we are the tent. Our body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, according to St. Paul. And within that tent dwells that holy word. But it doesn't remain there. It's not locked up inside of our chest. It's put there to fuel all of our being, all of our words, all of our thoughts, all of our loves and all of our desires. It's meant to guide us where we need to go and to educate these hands and how to do those things that need to be done for the people around us. It's there when we feel lost and alone. It's there when we feel like we're in the darkness and we're filled with fear. We want to cry out, are you still there, God? That's what God's Word does for us. That's the transformation, the transfiguration, the metamorphosis that needs to take place in us is that we see all things through Jesus. And when we look at people, we see Jesus in them. And if it doesn't look like they got hope, we share Jesus with them so that if Jesus is there but they're just a little down, they can be picked back up. They can be boosted up and lifted up so that their life, like our life, is filled up with that word of God, Jesus. And in all things, in all ways, every day, wherever we are, we know that Jesus is with us. We know that Jesus strengthens us. And we know that we don't have to ask to build a tent because God has already built it in us. And Jesus, our Savior, dwells there so that he might change our reactions and our actions, so that he might help us to better understand God's will and God's love. This Valentine's Day, when we look at the cross and see in it God's Valentine to us, meant to change who we are, what we are, 
and how we are. In that same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Life everlasting. Amen.